one of my favorite topics. You know how in the United States, everybody made fun of the Green New Deal? You know, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, came out came up with this thing over a weekend, basically, writing it on cocktail napkins. And it was, people were laughing at it because they were going to phase out air travel within the, the decade. Yeah, right. And uh, everybody's going to start taking the train and buses. Oh, no, no, we can't take the, uh, the, the bus. That causes more greenhouse gas. So anyway, people were just mocking the Green New Deal. Not going to happen. But of course, it has been happening under Joe Biden. They just don't call it the Green New Deal. It's been part of all of the trillions of dollars of spending. They're implementing the Green New Deal incrementally, one step at a time. And it just gets more and more ridiculous. Nobody has a plan for this. And this is really what I want to, what I, I need to point out here, is that uh, what happened in Canada is that Justin Trudeau came out with the just transition. People made fun of that too, because... It sounded like Justin transition. You know. I can't stand the phrase just transition. Uh, I've said this for years. Just transition is a word that workers hate and my constituents don't like. And so I don't like it either. So we tried anyway within the bureaucracy and amongst ourselves to say the word sustainable jobs. And a lot of people pointed out that I was one of the first actually to make that, make that connection. But it's it was all nonsense. And there was a a secret memo associated with it saying that everybody who loses a job, you know, good paying oil rig job, for instance, well, you can always find a job as a janitor. <laughs> yeah, well, nothing wrong with janitors, but you might think twice if you're making the big bucks on the in the oil fields. You, know, you might not want to be a janitor. So anyway, a lot of a lot of people pointed that out, and it's it's just classic, classic. Trudeau nonsense. But, you know, the, the conservatives have, have not been good on this either. And I really want to point this out because, you know, what has been going on here is that the, you know, the conservatives under Polyev and the premier who's fighting this the hardest and the strongest, Premier Daniel Smith of Alberta, they want to put it off. They want to say it's not achievable by 2035, you know, which is what, 12 years away? No, it's not achievable. But maybe we can do it by 2050. Let's, let, let's not worry about it in our generation. All these people are going to be out of politics in 25 years. So really what they're saying is that the principle is okay. But I tell you, the principle is not okay. And so I want you to listen to this interview. I'll, I'll comment on it when we... Uh, when we get back, because I think it's, I think it's extremely important that we understand exactly, you know, what's going on here. About new projects and uh, managed to get to, to net zero within a short period of time, 12 years. It's, it's just not, it's just frankly not achievable. But we have to fight it with, um, with the, every, every power that we have. Uh, the okay, up to, up to now, this is great. And we need to hear all the premiers talking like this because this is going to be a catastrophic job loss. And we're talking not just tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of jobs lost when everything is added into the mix. So continue, Danielle. 
Constitution is pretty clear that Alberta has the right to develop its resources in its own way. And because um, I've set an, an emissions reduction target that's in line with the federal emissions reduction target of 2050, uh, then I, I believe that the Supreme Court will side with us. But we'll have to fight it out, and I'm prepared to defend our jurisdiction. In the past, whether it was with Pierre Trudeau or any of a successive number of federal politicians, the fight was always how much additional wealth can be extracted from Alberta to benefit Ottawa. That was always what we, the fight was before. We've never faced a government that wants to shut our economy down and wants to shut down our energy industry and wants to phase out our oil and natural gas workers to their own detriment. That's what makes this different. The, the aspirations, the ideological aspirations that have been put on the table with targets pulled out of the air by politicians who know nothing about our local environment and how unachievable it is. It's and it's going to be unachievable until there's a solution to not using oil and gas. And that is the foundation of every modern economy. And we're not going to go into a green economy anytime soon because it's just not there. The alternative green energy is not going to replace fossil fuels. Now, maybe there's an answer on the horizon. Well, we haven't got it yet. Now, if that, if that answer is being smothered by corporations or government, that's, you know, let them be damned for that. But the point is, if we don't want to live in caves, we don't want to freeze in the winter, and we, and we want to be able to drive to work or on vacation, we still we can't all switch to electric vehicles, and we're not going to find a green energy source that's going to heat a, a country like Canada in February. It gets to minus 40 in a lot of cities, in this, or minus 30 in Ottawa. And every February, it's funny how, you know, people don't quite get enthused, as enthused about climate change in February because it's freezing. And they know they got to turn the heat up. So. My job to make sure that they understand that it is unachievable, that it does not only harm us, it harms them. As I, I mentioned to the Prime Minister when I spoke with him, I said, when we do well, we actually generate a heck of a lot of federal uh, federal revenue in corporate income taxes and personal income taxes. The federal government has its own issues in trying to get to a balanced budget. Th there is no margin for them in shutting down our economy or shutting down our industry or chasing away investment. And so I'm, a, I'm pretty direct and clear on that. I had that direct conversation with the Prime Minister several times. I'm going to have that direct conversation with Ministers in LeBlanc and Wilkinson today. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to find the areas that, that we can work together because there's such an appetite on the part of our industry to, to be investing in the kind of technologies that they want to see that will reduce emissions. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is we, there's a hard line. We're, ju we're just not shutting down our oil oil and natural gas industry. We're, we're not phasing out our oil and natural gas workers. I, I'm, I've drawn the line in the sand. I, I put forward our emissions reduction and energy development plan for a reason, because I'm sending the message to Ottawa that we are going to chart our own pathway to meet our, our national commitment of being carbon neutral by 2050. I'm very cautious though too. I, uh, I remember along with everybody else when uh, the tinkling of the champagne glasses, thinking that we'd had it, that um, when Peter Law, he thought he'd had a deal with, with Pierre Trudeau, and it turned out to be something very, very different than he thought he was agreeing to. And then he spent the rest of his time fighting to make sure that we got our resources back. So I'm not going to be naive about it either. 
we're going to do, we're going to be industry-led on this. We're going to make sure that we're always in alignment with what industry says is achievable, industry is investing in, and we, it is our job to be an advocate for ourselves and industry about how we're going to reach that target in a way that draws investment in rather than pushes it away. Yeah, I mean, right on. And I take my hat off to Danielle, who I've known for many years. I knew her when she was a, a journalist with the Calgary Herald, and I was writing for the Calgary Herald at the same time. Wonderful woman probably the gutsiest premier we have, but we cannot surrender facts to Justin Trudeau because the fanaticism surrounding climate change is so extreme. These people don't care if we're going to freeze because they're not going to freeze. They're going to still live their privileged lifestyle. They're still going to jet set around the world going to climate change conferences. Trudeau's still got his government jet, his challenger, to fly around the world on his private vacations and on climate change conferences right? building up his foot his carbon footprint all over the world and he doesn't see the hypocrisy in that just like joe biden doesn't see the hypocrisy of him being the elite and joe biden's climate czar running around the world in his private jet they don't see the hypocrisy but believe me this is quite fascinating because what Tucker Carlson says in this next segment is exactly what's wrong with Justin Trudeau in Canada. If you don't have cheap natural gas, you can't run the continent. You know, if you've got a graduate degree and live in a city in the United States, you may be shocked to learn this. You may never have heard this before. You may have believed that fossil fuels were on their way out any day now. And you thought that because the Davos people and our own leaders assured us of that for decades. They told us that green energy was the future and the future is here. It's here. As recently as last month, the World Economic Forum claimed that Europe could save, quote, one trillion in fossil fuel costs by switching to renewables. But it turns out, and this may not shock you, they had no clue what they were talking about. They knew nothing about the subject, the subject they talked about endlessly. Green energy cannot replace fossil fuels. Not now, not anytime soon. Fossil fuels remain what they have always been, the key to civilization. That is true now. That has been true since Homo erectus started the first cooking fire in a cave nearly a million years ago. So-called green energy is not close, is nowhere near replacing gas and oil and coal. It's measurable. We could have known this. Anyone with eighth grade math skills could have figured out in about 10 minutes that we cannot replace fossil fuels with renewables or green energy. And of course, they must have known that. When they told you otherwise, it was just posturing. It was childish and destructive fantasy talk that apparently fooled millions of their citizens and millions of ours. The Green New Deal means what it always meant. It means poverty. And the people pushing the Green New Deal must have known that all along. They don't actually believe climate change is an imminent threat. If they actually believed climate change was an imminent threat, an existential emergency, the first thing they would have done, the very first, would be to ban private jets. Oh, but no. To this day, Al Gore still flies on private jets. Barack Obama owns tens of millions of dollars of beachfront property. He knows the oceans aren't rising. Come on. So they're all in on it. It's a scam, but they don't care because they know they personally will escape the consequences of their own policies. So when the French president announces that his people are facing the end of abundance, he's not talking about himself. He's not facing the end of abundance. None of them are. 
Macron and all of them understand they will always be rich and always be protected. They know that for certain. Sacrifice is going to come from everybody else. And for what? If Canada achieves net zero and we're all living in caves, you think China is going to cease creating greenhouse gases? They're creating most of them. We don't even make a dent in it. The carbon tax hasn't reduced our climate footprint. Yeah, the pandemic reduced our climate footprint because everybody was staying home, not going to work. Yeah, of course we produced less. Now life is back to normal. People still have to use gas and they still have to heat their homes. And they, and they will with fossil fuels until further notice. So we need to make that quite clear. And we need to be realistic about these things. And this is a religion. Climate Fighting climate change is a religion for people like Justin Trudeau. They, are, they put their faith in this. It's an, it's an ideology that is just all-encompassing. And they really have convinced themselves, I believe, that the average Canadian goes to bed at night worrying about climate change. No, they don't. They worry about paying the mortgage. They're worrying about paying for their groceries. They worry about making their paycheck last. They're not laying there worrying about climate change. It's a nebulous fear. And it's just being used by politicians to stoke the fires of fear so they can pretend to solve the problem. And they're not solving it. But, but what we have to watch for this summer is what happens to our internet freedom as the liberal censorship bills start to cut in. We might be cut off from social media news any any day soon, any day any day now. And that's the direct cause of the of the government's meddling, of the federal government meddling. And this that's gonna be sad news. Can you imagine being left with nothing but CBC, your publicly funded state broadcaster? I tell you again, support independent journalism, support this station, support this channel, support this show. I want to keep coming on here every week, and we are on the verge of monetization. It's very important because you've got to make this pay so you can continue to deliver the news in these trying times, in these days of censorship. These, this is an era of internet social media censorship by a very wicked government, and we need to come against that. So thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week. I'll, I'll be doing some more Take Fives. In the meantime, but keep on listening and keep on supporting us. God bless you.